The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Outside, currently looking at cloudy skies. We've got 45 degrees in Buffalo. The state budget set to include new rules on natural gas hookups that will make New York the first state to ban natural gas in new buildings. All new buildings under seven stories, including homes will have to be fully electric by 2026. Larger structures would need to be by 2029. The rules will not mandate that existing homes switch over as previously proposed. WBEN's Tom Puckett looking at the impact. Dominic Cortese says he's not surprised the budget only puts all electric provisions for new builds in a few years in New York. The average housing stock in the city of Buffalo um, is so um, antiquated that uh, uh, the retrofitting costs would just be astronomical. So achieving this middle ground, um, I think, is a healthy, uh, at least, uh, beginning point to what is going to be a a never-ending and ongoing debate uh, on this issue. While it can be easily mandated in new construction, um, in that it could be part of the original construction of the the home, um, it's very difficult to mandate um, a retrofit because of the tremendous cost to do that. Gary Marchioli with Energy Mark. Concern for the homeowner would be cost. The cost, first cost of the equipment, and absolutely the cost of heating your home electrically versus existing systems, and they're primarily natural gas. Mark Iori says there's one big example why we're not ready for electrification. Hear about that online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Tom, thank you. Members of the Narden community held a march last night outside the school on Cleveland Avenue in Buffalo. Dozens of students and parents were carrying umbrellas and signs calling for Narden President Sandra Betters to resign. This follows weeks of controversy over leadership at the school. Nine board members recently called for the resignations of both Betters and board chair Tish Van Dyke. The school responded, saying the actions were rogue and that an independent assessment would be forthcoming. The Narden community is still waiting for that third-party review. There's a massive manhunt in Texas as the FBI takes the lead in an all-out search to track down Francisco Oropesa. It's the 38-year-old accused of fatally shooting five of his neighbors, including an 8-year-old. Lionel Moise with more. Wilson Garcia and his wife were hosting guests at their home Friday night when Garcia says his neighbor, Francisco Oropesa, began firing an AR-15 from his porch for fun. Garcia says when he asked Oropesa to stop, Oropesa stormed into his house and began shooting, killing five people, including Garcia's wife and son. Garcia says after Oropesa shot his wife, another woman told him to escape through the window because she knew his wife would not survive. Lionel Moyes with the latest. We'll be going live to Texas for the latest on this. It began with this man firing shots outside in his yard a little bit later on this morning. Happening overnight, First Republic Bank, seized by federal regulators, will be sold to J.P. Morgan Chase. San Francisco-based First Republic saw its stock plunge 75% last week. 
After revealing account holders withdrew $100 billion in deposits during the recent banking crisis, the U.S. financial system still aching after back-to-back -back bank failures starting March 10th with the Silicon Valley bank collapse. Two days later, Signature Bank failed. And by March 16th, as investors raised red flags about First Republic, 11 major banks supplied a $30 billion cash infusion. All right. As an end result, though, J.P. Morgan Chase is taking over First Republic. That's Justin Finch reporting. How about that? It's a big shakeup in the banking world that we'll be uh, looking into. Well, the FDA set to fast track another diet drug that appears to be better than anything else on the market. Sloan Glass has more. Studies show this drug, Mongero, is the real deal and could be the missing link for people struggling with their weight. And with over 40% of the nation categorized as obese, a lot of people are weighing their options and going all in to slim down. Clinical studies show unprecedented results. Weight loss of almost 16% for those with type 2 diabetes. And without the health conditions, results reported as high as 25% of their total body weight. That drug's been approved by the U.S. FDA for diabetes treatment, but the pharma company wants approval for obesity treatment as well. A looming strike in Hollywood. Some of TV's biggest shows could go dark as soon as midnight tonight. The start of the fall TV season could also be at risk with no deal yet between the Writers Guild of America and the TV networks and studios, their contract now set to expire. The last WGA strike in 2007 lasted 100 days, long before streamers like Netflix, Prime Video, and Apple TV+. Plus. In a statement this time, the Association of Motion Picture and Television Productions saying we are all partners in charting the future of our business together and we are fully committed to reaching a mutually beneficial deal. When it comes to the late negotiations, no word on the specific figures being discussed, but without a deal, the first picket signs could go up as soon as tomorrow. All right, uh, that's Derek Dennis. We'll be watching that one. Uh, writer's strike. I, we all remember the last time yeah. this happened, and I'm very interested to see what happens this time around because, all right, the last time you think about the shows that were impacted, um, they looked a lot different. You know, these like late night right. shows and some of the other ones that have all the, you know, Leno, Letterman, Conan yeah. were writing their own stuff. Like, I don't know, did the, now they're all off the air. Yeah, it is. It is different. Do now. the new guys have the chops to, you know, be writing their own stuff too? And we'll be see. Interesting to see. Maybe uh, at least for a little bit. Well, the Bills rounding out their draft class over the weekend, focusing mostly on offense. General Manager Brandon Bean said that wasn't necessarily by design. I promise you guys, there was never, hey, we got to get offense this draft. It was the picks when they came up, the first two rounds. They were just a guy standing out, best best player. All right, so uh, going offense for a, a lot of the picks. Guards, Osiris Torrance out of Florida was the team's second-round pick. It was a lot of interaction for me and Buffalo. I had a um, former interview with him at the Combine, met him at the Senior Bowl, and took a 30 visit to him, and it was just a lot of meeting the, meeting with the coaches and just getting a feel for like the environment and the culture they built over there. So, I mean, we definitely built a good relationship in this process. So, I mean, I, I was a little shocked when they – not shocked when they called, but excited, but – it wasn't too much of a shock that we had a great relationship throughout this whole process. All right, so the draft's behind us now. Next notable thing for fans, probably the NFL schedule release, which uh, we heard from Roger Goodell over the weekend, likely to happen in about two weeks. So nice. uh, get the calendars ready right. uh, because it's coming pretty soon. And 
This is huge last night. Two game sevens in the NHL. Panthers beat the Bruins 4-3 in OT. With Bennett along the near boards. Bennett finds it to the circle for Hagee. Shot top shelf. He scores. Carter Verhagen top shelf. And the Panthers win it in overtime. The Panthers stun the Bruins in Boston. And the Panthers are moving on to round two. Carter Verhagen. The Panthers have won it in overtime. 4-3 the final. The Panthers take game seven. And they're moving on. Wow. And that was in Boston. He sounded surprised, <laughs> um, but I just to watch that, and I think I, I, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll get into it a little bit later. It could have been us. Could have been us. That would have been our uh, playoff spot yeah. had the Sabers, you know, won one more game. Uh, Kraken also beat the Avalanche two to one, and uh, they move on. So that's the President's Trophy winner, Boston, who set an NHL record: most right. wins and most points in an NHL regular season this year. Plus the defending Stanley Cup champion in Colorado. Both eliminated on the same night within Ooh. hours. Pretty crazy night. Yes. In I mean, hockey. but when you think of that Boston game, the for, now number one seed taken down by the eighth seed. And like you said, the Sabres were right there. They were right there. Uh, Bruins had, they had the lead. Uh, Panthers tied it up, and it was a former Sabre, Brandon Montour, with the game tying goal with 59 seconds left in regulation to send it in overtime. I, don't, I just don't understand. It seems online, at least. I don't know about, you know, I haven't talked to many people since, you know, 11 o'clock last night. <laughs> but everyone's, you know, dancing on the Bruins' uh, grave here and happy that the Panthers are moving on. I don't know. I just never really, I was never really a person who got all the Bruins' hate from Sabres fans. Yeah. I, I didn't understand it. And personally, Sam Reinhart, Brandon Montour moving on. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Cloudy skies, breezy and cool today with scattered showers, mixing with some snow south of Buffalo. Temperatures in the mid-40s. Tonight, rain and snow likely. Overnight lows in the mid-30s. Rain, showers, and snow showers continue on Tuesday with temperatures in the low 40s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Members of the Narden community held a march last night outside the school on Cleveland Avenue in Buffalo. Dozens of students and parents were calling for Narden President Sandra Betters to resign. This follows weeks of turmoil over leadership at the school. One of those parents last night, Jen Parks, who's with us now on WBEN uh, Jen, good morning. I know there have been walkouts. There have been demonstrations at the school previously. Why was last night's march important? I think last night's march was important because it was parents coming together physically, right, and saying, we've had enough. I think we're at our wit's end here, quite honestly. One of the biggest challenges is that we have written hundreds of letters. We have made hundreds of phone calls. We have pleaded. We have begged for transparency. We have begged for action. We have begged for answers. We have begged for a conversation, and no one is giving us that. We parents have a choice to send our children to Narden, right? We pay tuition for our kids to go to Narden. We deserve to know what is coming, what is next, and what is the future of the school. And this was our final straw to say, we are here, please listen, please answer. That's what that was about last night. You say it was your final straw. What was the final straw? What was the first straw? Um, you, you know, we, we talk uh, every time somebody is mentioning this, you know, we've had enough. Enough of what? What specifically is the issue here that has people so upset? Yeah, so, so the issue at hand right now and has been brewing 
and brewing for months is the work environment that our teachers and staff have been encountering at Narden under Sandra Vetter's leadership. There have been, you know, a number of teachers that have resigned. There are teachers that are getting fired. There is staff, the same thing, resigning and getting terminated. The school, the school's future and history is all based upon our teachers. And when you start disrupting the core function of a school, their teachers, it's a real problem. It's disruptive to the students. It's disruptive to everybody's families right now. And the toxic work environment that Sandra has created is the issue at hand. And quite honestly, you know, this has been brought to the board's attention for over a year. And we are at this point right now because nothing has been done. And we were told over three weeks ago to wait for this assessment that was being done by a local law firm. Three weeks ago, we were asked not to pass judgment until this report comes out, which was a supposedly a very thorough report interviewing many, many people within the, within the Narden Academy organization, and we're still waiting. There's been no report out on this report. There's been no direction. There's been no timeline, and, and the teachers continue to suffer. And at the end, our kids are suffering. We're wrapping up a school year right now. Kids are, are graduating. You know, there are kids that are planning to go on to the high school from the eighth grade, and parents are, are withholding their deposits because we want to know what does the future of the school look like. When I tell you families are in turmoil, children are crying at night, and, and the board just doesn't acknowledge it. They don't acknowledge it. And it's the, it's the most concerning situation, especially as a parent who has a daughter who's graduating from the high school in a couple of weeks. I've never seen anything like this. It's completely unacceptable. And parents are are just at their wit's end. I mean, I, I just don't think the board understands how disruptive this has been to families. Jen, you have moms and dads. Yep, go ahead. I, I just want to ask you, do you think this situation could possibly be coming to a head this week? Because I know, I know there's a scheduled board meeting at the school. Yes. We, well, we've heard that there's a scheduled board meeting. Um, we're not exactly sure when it is, and, and that's fine. Um, but we, we do believe it's this week. We are praying that this comes to an end this week and Sandra leaves. Um, we we want to end the school year on a high note. We want to know with assurance that things will be okay. And for September, our children can return to the school that we all signed them up to go to. Um, and, and so, you know, that's why last night was sort of this pivotal end. I mean, we're at the point right now, right? We've written all the letters, as I've stated. It was a prayer service, and we had a lovely priest who, who read a prayer for us at the beginning. That's where we're at right now. We are praying for the board to do the right thing and so that we can move forward and heal. We're speaking with Jen Parks, who is a parent at Narden, which is seeing a, a lot of uh, turmoil, protests. Is this, at the end of the day, a power struggle of sorts where you're dealing with a private school and it's who has power to make decisions at a private school. Is it the parents who pay money to send their kids or the board or the head of school? Is that the the real uh, thing at the end of the day here? So here's the thing. I don't think it's a power struggle. I think parents 
and, and I actually graduated from the elementary school. So I've been involved with the school for many, many, many years. Typically, you're, you know, parents choose gardens for what, for what it provides, which is an excellent education. And most parents, I would say, believe in that. They drop their kids off. They know what they've signed up for, and their kids go flourish. It's all great. We are, we are at a point right now with Sandra Betters. It's her leadership style. This is not a power struggle that parents are asking for things that are unreasonable. This has never been ever like this at Narden Academy. And so, you know, I think it's a power struggle at the top, but this is, you know, parents choose to send their kids to Narden or a private school because they don't want to have to worry about this type of stuff. And so, no, I, don't, I do not see this as a power struggle between parents and, and the school as anything more than something's wrong here and we are going to pull our kids if Narden doesn't get it together. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.